Alright, there we go. So, the last couple of weeks, what uh, we've been looking at uh, is a series I've entitled, Where Should I Look? Um, on where in the Bible we should go for certain examples or principles uh, in the Bible dealing with certain situations we might be faced with. The first ones we've been looking at were uh, like more ev- evangelistic uh, type of situations last or two weeks ago we looked at John chapter 3 on how Jesus dealt with a religious lost man in Nicodemus and then last week we looked at John chapter 4 on the story of the woman at the well and how Jesus dealt with a sinner um tonight it's going to I don't have a one specific passage actually we're going to be looking at a lot of scripture um but we're, what we're going to see is what the Bible says on how we should deal with our children about the matter of their salvation. Um, and uh, it was, I've been reading a book uh, while studying for this topic called Bringing Children to Salvation by Doug Hammett. Uh, this is the same pastor missionary that uh, wrote the other studies that we've looked at, the Bible, uh, Salvation Bible Basics and the Drawing Men to Christ series. Um, he was my uh, in Pennsylvania, he was one of my pastors for many years. Um, and so a lot of the verses he included in this, in that book is what we're going to look at tonight. Um, and I'm not going to get into as much detail as he does in the book. If that's something you'd be interested in reading, I might get a copy, let pastor read it. Um, and then, uh, might put it in the church library or you can get it on Amazon Kindle and that's how I'm reading it. I think it's it's 6 bucks on on Amazon. But what I'm going to try to communicate tonight is just what the Bible says about this particular subject, a couple principles uh to think about when dealing with the subject because it can be a uh, a touchy subject. I mean, obviously, we all have young kids or had young kids, um, and it's something that trying to understand, like, when are they ready? When do they understand about their need of salvation? Um, so we're just going to look at some some biblical principles about that and several verses about that, and I hope to give you a couple thoughts on things you can do things we can do as fathers uh, for our children um, just to prepare our children for that point. I mean, Patch Club tonight is one of those things that we can allow our kids to come to to learn more about God. So we're going to look at two principles and then I have a couple application points. Um, So the first principle we're going to look at is just the need that everyone has to be saved and that includes our children. Uh, think about the verse, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Um, if you've been a parent at any length of time, which, oh wait, all of us have been at least for a couple of years, uh, we know this principle, this verse applies to our children and of course to ourselves as well. Um, we are all sinners, including our innocent children, as we all know. 
Our children are in need of salvation as they are sinners and have violated God's law. And then we also see in Second uh, Peter 3.9, the verse, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Our children are part of that all, and God wants our children to come to the point of repentance and faith in their life. And when we talk about, when you think about... Um, Children coming to Christ, of course, the, the verse Matthew nineteen fourteen 14 um, comes up, uh, which says, But Jesus said, Suffer little children, and forbid them not to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. That, that's Matthew uh, nineteen fourteen. If we look at the, uh, the context of that particular scripture, uh, these little children were being brought to Jesus when he was in Judea, um, verse 13 says, then were they, uh, then were there brought unto him, Jesus, little children that he should put his hands on them to bless them and to pray. And the disciples rebuked them. But then verse 14 is what, um, we just read, but Jesus said, suffer little children and forbid them not to come unto me for such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed thence. Jesus ministered to children while he was here on earth as well as adults during his ministry time. Um, and Jesus loves children just as much as everyone else. So the first principle we should, can be, we should consider is that everyone needs to be saved and that includes our children. And then the second principle that we need to understand is... There is an age of understanding of or non-understanding uh, in ch in children's lives, or as some have called it, the age of accountability. Uh, the Bible does talk about these different things. If you turn to uh, Deuteronomy chapter one, Deuteronomy chapter one, the Bible does give some distinctives when it's talking about. Children, there is a time when children don't understand the difference between good and evil. And uh, Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 39 says, Moreover, your little ones, which ye said should be a prey, and your children, which in that day had no knowledge between good and evil, they shall go in hither, and unto them will I give it, and they shall possess it. Talking about going into the promised land. But specifically here, it's talking about, and your children, which in that day, this day where they were looking toward the promised land, if you dig into the story further, all the adults 20 and above died in the wilderness, and 20 and under were allowed to go into the wilderness, uh, or into the promised land. They weren't accountable for their parents' sin or their sin in, the, in this context because um, they had no knowledge between good and evil. Um, and yes, that was 20 and under. I believe there can be people under 20, obviously, that can uh, understand good and evil. But there's that principle here. Children, there's children that they don't have that knowledge between good and evil. And if we examine our, our own kids and understand, like, I don't think Anna really understands the difference between good and evil. Like she understands like 
mom and dad says no to this. I get a spanking if I do this, but she doesn't really understand that principle of good and evil. And then another passage, um, we read this verse a couple, well, probably several uh, Sunday nights ago when Tim was going over the Jonah series. Uh, if you go to Jonah chapter 4, Jonah chapter 4, and actually the last, the last verse of Jonah chapter 4, uh, Jonah and Jonah is complaining to God about why the Ninevites weren't destroyed at this time. Of course, uh, we hear about later, I've, over a hundred years, I believe, later the Ninevites did actually get destroyed because of their sin, but God shows mercy to them. But in Jonah chapter 4, verse 11, uh, God is saying this to Jonah, and this is like where the, the story ends. And should I not spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left, and also much cattle? The people that can't, I mean, okay, how many of our kids can actually understand the difference between right and, hand, uh, right and left? I know Anna doesn't know the difference between right and left. And I'll be honest, I struggled with understanding right and left like until I started driving, really. That's when I really got that principle cemented in my head. I didn't start driving until I was 17. So yeah, what does that say about me? But the principle is here. God spared Nineveh because there were six score thousand persons that couldn't understand the difference between their right hand and their left hand. Um, now... There's also that thought of, okay, not just children, but there are people in this world that just can't mentally understand. I mean, they can't discern between good and evil. They can't discern between the right hand and the left hand. Um, we service a client, my company, uh, actually just up in Hillsboro called Heiko, and I'm actually going there tomorrow, but it's an adult daycare job place uh that actually um former uh customer of the pool barn um wow i can see his face i can't remember his name but he works there uh, i'm like my wife used to go to the pool barn he's like yeah i was sad when that closed down i'm like it was partly my fault because i married one of the employees but um but my point is uh when i'm there like there are these fully grown adults that they just, they're not mentally there. They don't have the capability of understanding. Um, I mean, it's, it's a sad thing, but God talks about people like that or kids, people that don't have that understanding. And that is something we need to understand. There are certain people that don't have that understanding, can't have that understanding, or won't have that understanding until a little bit older. Uh, another passage, let's look at 1 Corinthians 13, 11. 13, 11. Just trying to establish here this principle of there is a difference between understanding that different people will have, mainly our children. Um, the Apostle Paul is writing here in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11. He said here, When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. We see here in the Apostle Paul's life, uh, just explaining here that children, 
they speak different, they understand different, and they think different than adults. And I'm sure we can see that with our children, just the way we interact with them. And one last passage we're going to look at with this principle. Uh, turn right in your Bible to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And verse 24 through 26. It's talking about Moses here. Hebrews 11 verse 24. It says, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. There was a specific time in Moses' life that he, it says, came to years and had that understanding of like where he was. Okay, the difference between... Well, boil it down, good and evil of Pharaoh and his court and the sin, but then seeing God's people, he esteemed what is um, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. There was that time, a specific time in Moses' life that he came to that understanding of that difference between that good and evil. So, as we look at this subject, these are these two principles we would need to consider. Everyone needs to be saved, and there is a difference between, there is an age of understanding and non-understanding um, that, that there is. And then, of course, with mentally capable people, there is, that reverse principle is also the same. It's like, there is a time that they will that they can understand and they are accountable to God. So with those groundwork of those two principles, what can we do to bring our children to salvation? Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. What we need to do is give them God's word. We need to give them God's word. Second uh, Timothy, did I say chapter two? I meant chapter three. Second uh, Timothy chapter three and verse fourteen, uh, Paul is writing to Timothy and says here in verse fourteen of chapter three, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child. Thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. We see the example in Timothy's life um, with his mother and his grandmother teaching him the holy scriptures. And because of that, he was made wise unto salvation. Timothy got saved and he, um, Paul is training him here. and He's going to be a pastor. But... As a child, he knew the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise into salvation, as this verse says. And then um, Proverbs 22.6. Proverbs 22.6. And probably figured you, I'd bring this verse up because it's one of those famous parent passages. 
or verses, principles, Proverbs 22 and verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And then in Psalm 78, 1 through 8, we're not going to read that for the sake of time, but that passage also talks about we, as parents, we have the responsibility to train our children in the things of the Lord. So, what can we do to bring our children to salvation? Well, we need to give them God's word. We need to show them this is what God says about your sinful condition. Um, and yes, they're they're not always going to understand. I know I didn't understand when I was that young. I just knew I was in trouble with my parents. I did something wrong. But my parents were like, uh, <laughs> uh, I remember this one time uh, my mom used this one of these proverbs. Um, there's that proverb that talks about... Uh, uh, when the son is disrespectful to his mother or something like that, how the ravens of the uh, valley are going to come and puck, uh, pluck out his eyeballs. I distinctly remember my mom using that verse on me because I was being a rebellious young boy against my mother. But my parents gave me the scriptures. And not just, um, of course, mentioned already, we have Patch Club. Their children are going to get a lot of verses. They get them in Bible Bible. Bible school, Sunday school, but we can't just rely on sending our kids to church and be like, okay, you're going to learn all the stuff about God. No, us as parents are responsible to give our children God's word so it gets in their mind, gets in their heart, and God will use that uh, in their life and um, have a, we need that groundwork. They need that God's they need God's word in their heart to bring them to Christ because you don't get saved unless you understand your need of or your understanding that you're a sinner and that you need Christ. So we need to give them God's word. See the example in Timothy's life. See these verses in Proverbs. Um, if you want to later on, check out Psalm 78, 1 through 8, uh, talking about that our responsibility as parents to train our children. So first of all, we need to give them God's word. And second, what we're going to see, uh, what we need to do is we need to understand that God is the one that does the drawing and we should be praying in that direction. John, uh, turn to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. No, not first John. John. John chapter 6 in verse 44. Um, the greater context of this passage is Jesus, after feeding the 5,000 and actually after walking on the sea, uh, he gives the great, well, my Bible says, the great discourse on the bread of life, the, the sermon on the bread of life. And right here in the middle of this sermon, Jesus says, verse 44, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Um, we need to be praying that the Lord will draw our children to himself and that they will realize their need of salvation. Um, I specifically remember growing up and before... Uh, 
Well, yes, I do remember growing up. Um, but while growing up and before falling asleep, my dad coming into my room each night and praying with me, and he would end his prayer every time asking God to draw me to him. God is the one that's going to draw our children to him, but we have the responsibility to give our children the scripture and to pray for their salvation. And then one more thing we're going to look at here tonight is um, how do we how do we see or understand, okay, did they truly get saved when we, we see God drawing them? Like, I know my parents could tell when God was convicting me, like, just the way I was acting, my demeanor. And, like, I remember with hearing, like, with Malachi, like, he was just, there were just times that, like, I, I just specifically remember the one time at, at close to home when I was preaching and him just sitting there and like the Lord is working in his heart. And thankfully a little bit later he, he did get saved, but we need to have that discernment. We need to know our children and when God is working in their heart, but then when they do come to that point where they do make a profession and admit that they're a sinner and that they need to be, be saved, um, how how do we know if they truly have gotten saved? Well, turn to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. What we're going to see here is we will, we will know if our children got saved by the fruit that they bear. By the fruit that they bear. Matthew chapter 7, verse 16 uh, through 18. Um... Jesus is uh, giving this um, sermon here. This uh, he's talking about uh, it's the Sermon on the Mount. And he's giving a warning in verse fifteen about false prophets coming to sheep clothing, but inwardly they're ravening wolves. Verse sixteen: Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bear fruit, or bear, or can bring. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. If someone truly gets saved, there will be fruit in their life. And we think about. Um, where is it? In John chapter 1. I didn't write this one down. Um, but basically when the um, Pharisees came up to John, uh, John the Baptist in this time, uh, he they wanted to be baptized. And he's like, bring forth fruit, meat for repentance. There is going to be fruit in someone's life if they've truly gotten saved and um, God is doing a work in their life. There will be fruit. If not, then we need to question that. Um, now, I'll just be honest here. and Well, of course, I always try to be honest. But I get a little scared when I hear of young children making a profession of faith because I have seen the fruit or frankly, the lack of fruit 
from some people that have claimed to have gotten saved as a child. One of my friends growing up made a profession when he was seven at a VBS, and he held on to that profession until we graduated high school, and now he's off in the world somewhere. Um, he comes to church on Mother's Day out of respect to his mom, but I don't know where he's gone. The fruit, or the lack of fruit in his case, does uh, bears out that that was a false profession when he was seven. But I can think of at least three examples, I know there's many others, of people that I know personally, or at least know of, who made a profession at a young, uh, at a young age in their life, and their life has borne out the fruit that they did get saved at that time. Pastor Roland Hammett at Lehigh Valley Baptist Church got saved when he was eight years old. And I can say the fruit in his life has borne out that he truly did get saved at that time. Um, Ron Patch the Pirate Hamilton uh, got saved when he was six or seven in his life. And the fruit of in his life bears out that he got saved. And of course, he just passed away uh, a couple months ago. But the kids are having a patch club, and that's uh, something that the Lord worked through him to create. Lots of music. Patch the, Patch the Pirate, there's... 40 CDs of Patch Adventures, many songs. Um, there is fruit in his life that he get, got saved in. I know a, a lady at, uh, well, it's actually um, Tim Anger's wife, Donna. She got saved when she was six years old. And there's fruit in her life that, that, is truly, that she truly got saved at that young age in her life. So, hopefully I just... Gave you some ideas, some principles, some verses to think about tonight. Children can get saved at young ages. We we see that in our own church. We see that fruit. Um, and I've seen that in my life with uh, people that I know. But I've seen it both ways. So we we need to be careful. But ultimately, it is our responsibility as parents to get God's word in their heart. We need to show them from the scriptures that they are a sinner and in need of a savior. Just like each one of us who was saved needed to come to that point in our lives. We need to pray for our children to get saved and watch for God's working in their life at that point of conviction. And just discerning when God is working in their life. And when they do make a profession of faith, when they do say that they got saved, we need to watch for, for fruit in their life. Um, and one thing um, that, I mean, I appreciate with, with Pastor, like he encouraged Malachi and Joanna to get baptized. Um, uh, Isaac and Ian also got baptized. And I know in my own life, I, did, I, I didn't get saved until I was 17, but I didn't get baptized until... This is almost two years later, and I that stunted my growth. And if you definitely, if you see the fruit of salvation in your children's life, there's no reason why they shouldn't get baptized and identify with Christ. Um, but I didn't have that on my notes, so I'm kind of out of order here. But um, one thing in my life 
that challenged me about and showed me that I was lost uh, was a lack of fruit, a lack of change in my life. Uh, even though I had made a profession when I was 12 years old, there was no fruit, there was no change in my life. And that's one of the things the Lord used to point me like, no, you're, you're not saved. So those are just some thoughts. Uh, that book I referenced has a lot more, goes into a lot more detail uh, with some of the experiences that that pastor has had, some other verses. But um, just uh, hope to take those thoughts about we need to give our children God's word. We need to pray that God draws them because God is the one that draws them. And we need to look for the fruit in their life uh, when they have made that profession. That's where we will end here this evening.